0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Turn, turn in your, in your Bibles to Ephesians. We're going to start with, uh, with actually Ephesians um, chapter 4. And then we're going to jump over to Ephesians chapter 6. And as I said before i'm continuing the uh, i 'm on assignment i 'm on purpose to continue this teaching on spiritual warfare, and my portion of the teaching is is putting on the armor of God and so many people have uh, have, have alluded to the armor of god we 've talked about it we've talked about the holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer we've talked about the various elements of the armor and how, how the Holy Spirit is expressed in the life of the believer. And so my my assignment is to really dig into that. And so uh, the first thing that I want to do is just to, you know, really clarify who's the armor for? Who is the armor for? And as I said in in my preamble, that that this teaching is is for believers. That the armor is for believers. That this is not something that's a a self-help, a life improvement, live the best life that you can live teaching. That in fact, that when we're talking about these scriptures, they're not going to help you unless you are a believer. Unless you have held on to, placed your trust, placed your hope in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit that He has placed inside of you. That the armor is for believers. And so when we talk about armor, you know, we talk about believers... On, on my way to, uh, to to service tonight, you know, again, I said that before, when, when you're thinking about a message, everything that you come across speaks to you about that message. And, you know, one of the songs that just happens to come up on my playlist, is, is because I don't have that many, is uh, that, that song by, by the gentleman, You Covered Me. And it talks about how how He covers He covers us. And when I, t- when, I, when I thought about the armor, about putting on the armor, I was like, well, well God, you know, when I think about coverings, I, I'm just so thankful. I'm so grateful for that, that, that first covering. Your grace and your mercy that was extended towards me. That when I, when I was in need, when I was not even looking for you, that, that you made provision. That you sent forth the preaching of your word. That you sent forth your servants to ask me, as I was walking in the hallways and gesturing on the campus of the University of Texas, are you living the life that God would be happy to see you live? And, and, and then that, that, that put inside of me uh, that, that questioning, it brought back all the teachings that I'd heard from when I was a child and had been growing up. It, it brought back all of the, uh, the remembrance of, of the, 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 uh, the scriptures and the requirements that, I, that, had, been, that had been spoken before And I had to say, God, you know, I need your help. I'm not able to cover myself. I need your grace and your mercy. And so when we talk about the armor of God, the armor is for believers. It's for those that have first repented of their sins. That have acknowledged that I am not who I need to be in Christ. That I have not reached the level. I have not attained the heights that I need to reach so that God can be pleased with my life. But there's some deficiencies and I need his grace and his mercy to cover me. You know, if, if you don't believe that 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 you need God's grace and God's mercy to cover you, then quite frankly, there's nothing that God can do for you. There's nothing that there's no help that is made available to you until you first accept that there are things in my life that I can't cover on my own. There's, 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 a, there's a distance between God's standard and my lifestyle. That there's a separation between me and the Lord. If you think everything is alright, if you think that you can get your life together and then, and then present yourself to the Lord, then you're, you're so far gone that this teaching is not going to be able to benefit you. But, but if, you, if you are those that have believed If you first believed, if you first believed that you were not worthy, but that He alone is worthy, that He alone is sovereign, and that He sent His Son to live a sinless life, to die a sacrificial death, so that you could be raised in righteousness by His Spirit, that you could be baptized into His body, then this the armor is for you. And the reason why I say that is because the strength of the armor... The strength of the armor is the trust that you have in Jesus Christ. The strength of the armor is the trust that you have in the Holy Spirit that is inside of you to accomplish the will of God in your life. The armor has no strength, it has no no might, no power, no efficacy in your life outside of the gospel. You know, a lot a lot of the times in the um, you know in, in the old church they that there would be a lot of emotionalism. There would be a lot of um, sound and fury. And some people actually believe that, that just the sounds, just the emotions, just the working of the nerves, that that was enough. That was enough to, to hold back the evil one. That was enough to bring us to a point of deliverance. That was enough to, to, to bring about peace. But but that that... It's never, it's never in the sound. It's never in the fury. It's never in the emotional. It's in the trust and the belief. in that bedrock foundation of Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone that all is built on. And so the armor, who is the armor for? The armor is for believers. It's that, it's that those that have taken on that first covering. We're saying, press in. God has more for you. God has more for you. You know, it's only shiftless mankind that, that brings life into this world and refuses to support their children. It's only, it's only evil mankind that will, that will label the woman and bring forth a child and not, be, not sacrifice their life to see that that child is provided for and cared for all the days of their life. God is not like that. He's brought us into a new life. He has brought us into a new life. And He is not going to leave us with just that new life. He is there to equip, to prepare us, to stand, to withstand, to endure, all the way until until we stand in His presence. Don't don't think that God is is like unto a man. That would, that would leave you out there to sink or to swim. But no, God, God, has made, God is a God of provision. God is a God of provision. And if He's provided anything, He has provided us with the ability to stand, with the ability to walk, and what He's called us to walk in. So what are we talking about? Who, who is the armor for? The armor is for Believers. You know, the armor that you wear, it indicates where your allegiance is. It it says which team you're on. The armor, it indicates who you protect and who protects you. It indicates who you fight for and who fights for you. You know, when I was a kid and much younger, I would get involved in these pickup games. And, you know, I, I know they show it on TV. People are always in shirts and skins, but we were always screaming. Nobody took off their shirts. It was, you know, you just, you just knew who was on your team. You ran, either you ran with your crew or you ran with some people that, that, that you knew or you, you, you quickly got to know who was on your team. Or at least that was the idea. You know, one of the things that that, um, that we like to do in our neighborhood, especially if, uh, if if one of our the members from our crew was on the other team, is that they would mess with the people's heads and, and not actually let them know whose team they were on. It's kind of like if uh, if you're playing basketball and, and and you're supposed to be defending, you're supposed to be defending the basket. But instead of defending the basket, you come out to the to the side and says, Pass me the ball, pass me the ball. As though that's the team that you're on. And if the person that had the ball wasn't if they weren't sharp, it worked more times than not. They would actually pass you the ball. And you were not on their team. You were not on their team. It happens sometimes in um in, in football where uh, a, a safety will be covering someone, and then all of a sudden, because of the the mix up and the the, the bodies, the, the safety will, will position themselves as, as though they are the receiver, and the quarterback will throw the ball to them—a perfect spiral, tight, right there. Interception, because they didn't know whose team they were on; they they didn't know what side they represented. Your armor indicates who you fight for, who fights for you. In Exodus chapter 17, it talks about how Moses has sent Joshua out to, to fight against Amalek. And he raised up his rod in the air. And as long as the, the rod of God was raised in the air... Um, the, the children of Israel prevailed, but then when the when the rod was lowered, Amalek would prevail. And so because because Moses' arms grew weary, um, Aaron and I forget the other the other gentleman, they 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 they, they, they came uh, to his sides and they 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 helped his arm they lifted his arms up and they even put rocks and boulders. And, and from that. The, the name of Jehovah is revealed to us. It's Jehovah Nisi. It's the Lord, our 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 banner. It's our our standard, our, our flag. You know, a lot of times in, in, in warfare, the enemy and the uh, and, and the um, uh, combatants they, they don't actually know that there's 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 so much confusion. There's so much turmoil that no one actually knows who's friend and who's foe. And so the only way that you could know is if there's a, if there's a standard that's being upheld. If there's a, a banner that's being held up. If there's a, a flag that's being upheld. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the armor lets you know who you fight for and who fights for you. You know, the armor lets you know that even though I may not know you personally, that I may not have run with you since way back, that because you embrace the same God that I embrace, that we're not enemies. That we're not opposed. The apostles had a, an argument. They had a, a contention with Jesus because there were some other disciples that were going around and they were actually saying the same things that Jesus was saying. They were, they were, they were teaching repentance. They were saying that people needed to cleanse themselves. And the disciples were like, well, those, those guys, they're not running with us. They're not on our team. And Jesus says that if they're not against us, they're for us. If they're not against us, they're for us. And so when we talk about the armor of God, the armor helps you to know whose side you're on. And it helps you to identify those people that are on your side. So that you're not involved in a friendly fire incident. What's that mean? So that you're not going around sniping other people, other believers over trivial, in vain matters. That you're not sniping other people because they have a country twang to their worship service. Because the, their beat doesn't match your beat, because they don't have a horn section instead they got a harp. And you set yourself at odds against those people. The armor lets you know whose side you're on, who you fight for. It also lets you know who fights for you. That if we are under the armor of God, that He is our protector, that He is our strength, that He is our source. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says thy therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye have, ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Amen. We spent a lot of time going over these scriptures in our classes, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. See, when you're wearing the armor, you know who's on your side. And you're not setting yourself at odds against every man. You know, you have an adversary. And that's true but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't fight against each other. If you try to set yourself against every single person outside and inside the body of Christ, you will be ineffective. Your testimony will be of no use. You will be known as as the person of contention, the arguer, the person of grievances, the person that, that 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 creates divisions and allows immorality because you refuse to, to accept and recognize those that are on your side, those that fight for the same standard that you fight for. And so what is the armor of God? The armor of God is the Holy Spirit that is at work in the believer. And we've talked about this in the earlier teachings. The armor of God is the Holy Spirit that is at work in the believer. When we talk about the armor of God, it indicates that the armor is given from God. And we know that what God has given us to the believer is the Holy Spirit. That the manifestation of all the gifts that God has given us is through and by the Holy Spirit. And so the armor of God can only be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the believer. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is at work, it's active in the believer. And why, what is the intended use? So that you're able to stand against the schemes, the tricks, the deceptions of the devil. Amen. So. I want to look at Ephesians 6 and 11. Just turn over. Page. And again, this is a scripture that that, that we've gone over before in the earlier teachings. I'm just going to bring it out just a little bit more. In the King James it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Another translation it says, Put on the full armor of God, so you may be able to stand against the stratagems of the devil. In another translation it says, Put on all the armor that God gives you. Put on all the armor that God gives you. So that you may be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. So we talk about the armor... That God has given you, you have to understand the armor is both effective and it's necessary. The armor is is, it it performs its intended function to enable you to stand against the stratagems, the tricks, the wiles of the devil. It's necessary also. It's not optional. In fact, Putting on all the armor is required. You can't just put on parts of it. You can't pick and choose what you want to put on. You can't decide that I want to to have the the salvation of the mind, but I don't want to walk in truth. I don't want to guard my heart with righteousness. I don't want to have the, the Word of God inside of me as a sword. All of the armor is necessary and all of it is effective to do what it was called to do. Go to James chapter 1. You know, I said before that, that... you can't be confused about the working of the Holy Spirit, about God's desire to fill you with the Holy Spirit. All of the armor is necessary. You can't say, well, I've been saved by grace. That God is going to cause me to stand in the last day. I believed on Jesus Christ. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then say, I'm not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, all of the armor is necessary. All that God has called you to receive is necessary. You know, in times past, salvation was made available to to, uh, the historical biblical figures according to the revelation that they had received. But in this present time, in this day, where you are right, if you can hear my voice, God has called all men everywhere to repent. And He's called us to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, in the past, it may have been uh, you know, where, where all that Abraham needed to know was that God was going to increase his seed, that he was going to bring forth a Messiah through him. It may have been where, 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 where all that, that, that Noah needed to know was to be faithful and to remain inside of the ark that God, that, that, that God had, had brought him to. But now, we are left without excuse. Everything that God has for us, everything that has been declared unto us, we have to receive. We're going to talk about truth a little bit later on. And so, while it, yes, it is, it, it, it's, it's absolutely a fact that, that, that truth is progressive, that you don't have all the truth at once, that there's no expectation that someone that's 14 years old and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will know the fullness and the depth of all that the gospel has. But it's also true that, that, that truth is progressive. That it builds on what's already been revealed. And that it does not contradict. It does not set aside. And so having believed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you should all the more so believe that He has made power available to you through the Holy Spirit. You should all the more so believe that He desires you to access that power, to manifest that power in your life. Truth builds upon truth. It doesn't contradict. It doesn't set aside. But it builds upon. Go to, we're, we're at James chapter 1. Go to verse 17. We're talking about what God provides. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, or of his own of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And I'm going to keep reading. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If you're going to lie to someone, don't lie to yourself. For any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to the man beholding his natural face in glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was." But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So there are a couple of there are a couple of items that I, that I, that, I, that, I, that I that spoke to me in, in the scripture. So first of all, every good and perfect gift is from above, is from above. The gift of the Holy Spirit is both good and it is perfect. It is good. It is is edifying to your soul. It builds you up. It is essential and it is necessary. It's also perfect. Meaning that there is no contradiction inside of it. There's no no flaw inside of it. There's There's no shadow of turning with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you into vain arguments and strife. I was talking before about, you have to know who's on your team, who's on your, who's on the Lord's side. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you to lord over your superior knowledge, your so-called exegesis of the Scriptures, to condemn your brothers and your sisters. It doesn't cause you to, to, to single out and identify those that are struggling with their walk and place them under bonds and burdens that you yourself can't bear. It doesn't say why am i doing all the work while others are sitting around and playing. It doesn't say why is this required of me to sacrifice and to give and others are at ease and others are are, are not doing their part. Lord, make them get up and work as i'm working. You know, the Holy Spirit it doesn't lead to vain arguments and strife. It doesn't shout at the darkness of those that are not ready and willing to hear the word of God. If you've said that God has a requirement for your life, that God has an expectation for you, and they were like, Well, I just want to know what's on TV. You've done what you're supposed you've done the work of the watchman. You've sounded the warning. Now their penalty is on their own heads. It doesn't lead to arguments and disputes. It doesn't, it doesn't become frustrated. Right? Because of the, the, the way that the system is structured. And, and that, that they can't, you know, have Bible study in the middle of the break room at work. It doesn't become frustrated because some people want to express themselves and in and, 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 Talk about their spouse, their significant other—that's the same sex as them. It doesn't get frustrated with any of that. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not thrown off by any of those things. It's not thrown off by the man that shows up with the woman that that he's not married with, and says, "Well, you know, I don't know if I can associate with you all. You know, you're not." It doesn't seem like you all are living the, the, the life that, you know. Well, no, they're not. Because they don't. They're not living the life of a believer because they don't believe. But how are they going to believe without the preacher? How are they going to believe unless the Word is declared unto them? And the Word is not stop shacking up. That's not the Word. The Word is is that God sent His Son into this world that all men might be saved that they would repent of their sins and find salvation so the holy spirit is perfect it doesn't lead you into vain arguments it doesn't lead you into strife it says that we are his first we are a type of first fruits we are his children we are those that have placed our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ We are those that have been made alive by the Holy Spirit. We were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but we have been made alive by the Holy Spirit. We have been quickened. We've been allowed to move. You know, there's no no room for for, for pride. There's no room for loftiness. We We were once dead. We were... We were, we were gone. We were completely lost. But we have been made alive by His Spirit. Those that He has given the Holy Spirit, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And the way that the Holy Spirit works in our lives is through our submission and through our obedience. It's not through the wringing of hands. It's not through our emotionalism. It's through our submission and our obedience. The armor of God, it does not work independently of the believer. Now, I know some of you have seen some ghost stories where there's a, there's a, a, a chain mail or, or a or knight's armor walking around and there's nobody inside the armor. That's not the armor of God, it does not work independently of the believer. This is not some spooky stuff. The armor, the strength of the armor is found in the Word that you have received and put into practice in your life. That's where the armor finds strength. In the Word that you have received and put into practice in your life. Yes, the armor is effective. Yes, the armor is necessary. But you're going to have to receive the Word of God. And put it into practice in your life. Otherwise the armor will not have the effect in your life. The armor is effective. The armor is effective. But will it be effective for you? According to the word that you've placed in your heart. It says be both a hearer and a doer of the word. That's what it says in James 1.22. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Thinking that because I said the words, that now magic is going to happen in my life. That because I've I've, I've dipped in the water, that now magic will happen in my life. No, you have to be a doer and not just a hearer only everything that that, that comes across the pulpit, everything that's being revealed to you in the Word of God, you have to apply and become a doer and not just a hearer only. And so that's what we're talking about when we're saying putting on the armor of God. And putting on the armor of God, we have to act with confidence. Act with confidence. Without doubting without wavering. So what does that mean? It means that in in putting your trust in God, in guarding your heart, in having the salvation in your mind, that you have to act with confidence and with boldness. Not, Not with timidity, but with boldness and with power. You have to act as though that anything that God has asked you to do, that you can do? What if you believe that everything that God has asked of you, that it could be accomplished? That there's no way that you could fail? That there's no way that you could fail? Everything that God has called you to do, that He has tasked you to do, that it would be accomplished, that you don't have to worry and be afraid for that child or for that spouse. That you don't have to be afraid of the the projects that are coming. That everything that God has called you to do, that you will be successful in that. And so you have to act with confidence. The reason is, is that the results, they're not on you. What's on you is obedience and submission. That's all that's on you. The results are not on you. (laughs) If, If you could build the church in your own strength, it would already be built. If you had the power to save your spouse, they would already be saved. If you had the power to deliver your children, they would already be delivered. But you have to act with confidence knowing that the results are not on you. The results are all at their own God. They are in His hands. They are in His hands. That your part is to act with obedience and submission. What you need to ask yourself about the results is not what happened. You need to say, did, did I obey? Did I proclaim the standard of God in my home? Did I, did I give of myself first to the Lord and then to others as the Lord gave grace? Did I put my trust in the Lord, or did I hedge my bets? Did I try and have one foot in the camp and one foot out of the camp? Did I say, "Yeah, you know, God is okay up to a point," but you know, but you know, honey, uh, God, God will send you a man, but you got to advertise. No. Did I obey? Did I put my trust? Did I put all of my trust in the Lord? That's what you have to ask yourself. And what happens is that is that we we tend to to go between these extremes. One is that we want to do it all ourselves, and we say, God, you know, we're just going to have you as our co-pilot. You know, we're gonna we're gonna say that you did it, but we I, I know I know it was all about, it was all me. failure. Otherwise, we have what's called a passive mind. Because we're so overwhelmed by what God has called us to do. It's so big. It's so wonderful. It's so magnificent. There's no way that we could do it on our own. There's no, I can't you know, my credit score is just not that good. What, what, he's called, what He's called us to do, what He's called us to do, one person cannot do in and of themselves. I mean, I, I, I love that. And, and, and it's true that, that if, if you see a need and you want to write a check, then that's fine. God bless you. But what God has called us to do is collectively, one person can't do. And you will become frustrated. You will lose heart. You will faint if you try to put what God has called all of us to do on one person. Because it's just not possible. The passive mind is inactive, it's non active, it doesn't participate. And it's not involved. It says, "I'm tired of these people fussing at me and yelling at me and telling me all these things that I know is true, about how I need to live my life, for the Lord, how I need to get my life right. It, it, it tries to, to pretend as though the warfare does not exist. It pretends as though that there is no struggle. And what it leads to at least to carnality, it leads to a defeated life. It leads to a defeated walk that is not a witness to the power of a risen Saviour. Don't deceive yourselves into believing that by avoidance that you can get out of your trials. Don't, don't deceive yourself into thinking that by not being confrontational that you can get out of your trials. You know, I said before that the Holy Spirit doesn't lead us to argue. It doesn't lead us into vain arguments. But confrontations, that's something different. Holding up a standard, that's different. Being a witness, that's different. That's not shouting at darkness. That's shining a light. Say, this this is possible through Christ Jesus. You're able to stand in these tribulations and these trials because of the power of God living inside of you. So don't deceive yourselves into thinking that that by avoidance, that, that that's your answer to trials. The enemy, he's active, and he's not passive. The enemy is active; he is not passive. <laughs> I just love it when uh, the, the we would play dodgeball. There'd always be one or two. I don't know if they were slow or just something. I don't know. Not fast, but they would. They would think. That by being still, as long as I don't hit nobody else with the ball, as long as I'm nice to everybody, and I don't I don't start no no stuff, that I'll be safe. That I won't I won't be out. They 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 don't understand the game. Only one, only one can remain. Only one can remain. It doesn't matter if you try to be still and act like you're invisible. The way that we played it, only one can remain. So we may come after you later, or we may come after you early, but you to, you're going to get hit. And if you're standing there, we might go for the head. But you know, the enemy is active, he's not passive. If, you know, you can try to be all nice and prim and proper. Be all quiet and you know gentle. God loves us all. He accepts us as we are, which he doesn't. <laughs> he accepts us to be changed, to be conformed to his image, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But the enemy, he's active. He's not passive. Go to Job chapter 1. Just going to bear this out a little bit. The enemy, he's active. He is not passive. You think you don't need to tell your your niece and nephew that are visiting you for the summer about the goodness of the Lord? The enemy is active. He He is not passive. Job chapter 1, verse 7. It says, this this is, um, you know, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is uh, an an event that's happening in the heavens. It's happening in the heavens. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So Satan came up in there and the Lord asked him, of course God already, he already knew, to, to see what he would answer. And Satan says that I, I've, been, I've been busy. I've been searching throughout the land. I'm going to and fro, walking up and down this earth. Go to Luke chapter 22. The enemy, he's active. He's not passive. Go to Luke chapter 22. We're talking about the armor of God. Talking about the armor of God. Luke chapter 22. We spent some time talking about the adversary. We're just underscoring what's already been taught. That he is active, he is not passive. He is not, he is not waiting and sitting back. He is in the mess. Are you in the mess him? Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Says the enemy he's active he's, he's the, he has a desire to separate the believer into their components to completely disrupt everything that you're trying to do everything that you think that you are the enemy he's, he's active he's not passive go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. A passage that you you should already have underlined and starred in your Bibles. Verse 8 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, name the names, call them out. Your adversary, the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to see who he can devour. You know, the, the adversary, something that, that, that came to my mind as, as a the teaching was going forth on Sunday, is the adversary, he's trying to see how he can shake you to your core. you 25 to 35 year olds you 20 to 35 year olds the enemy is trying to see how he can shape you to your core he's trying he's 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 challenging your manhood he's challenging your womanhood who you think you are as a man of god as a woman of god he's 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 putting that to the test to see if he can shake you to your core. He's, he's challenging. You know, the enemy will say, you did all that studying, but you didn't learn nothing. You paid all that money in school for nothing. You may as well go and do what your great granddaddy did and find some 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 work to do with your hands because that's all you'll ever be good for. You need to find some... And, and look, ain't nothing wrong with working with your hands. But that's not why we sent you to school. You need to go and find some, some, some homes to clean because that's what your grandma did, some people to cook for. Ain't nothing wrong with cleaning and cooking for people. And if you say it is... I'm going to tell you about my grandmama. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but that's not why she sent me to school. They'll try and shape you in your marriage, your young marriage. You see, it's just not the way it was before, it's not as exciting as it was before. It's not as spicy as it was before. I remember when, when, when we dated and he was my boyfriend or, or I was his girlfriend. And and it just seemed like there were always surprises and spontaneity. Now everything is just so routine. You know, we get up, we go to work. We come home, we eat. The, the enemy is trying to shake you. He's trying to shake you. To your core, it's just about the kids now. There's no time for me. It's just about the housework now. You think you 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 only married me because you wanted a maid. You just married me because you wanted a sugar daddy. It. He's trying. The enemy is trying to shake you at your core. He's going to challenge you in every area of your life. This is why you need the armor of God. Everything that you thought you were, everything you thought that God had established in you, the enemy is trying to shake that. He wants to see what can come loose. He wants to see where you can turn back. You know, now you're standing. but He wants you just to move your foot back. Let's see where where can I get them to back back up just a little bit? You know what? We don't have to go to church. We, let's just, let's go see a movie, you and me. It'll be our own special day. Why? You know, we'll, we'll just take this one Sunday off. Let's just play these games and pretend. You know, like it was before. You pretend like you are. You know blah, 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 and I'll pretend like I'm somebody else and, and we'll, we'll, we'll just, you know, imagine that, that we don't know each other when we see each other in, in public and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pretend like it was back. The enemy is trying to shake you. <laughs> He's trying to shake everything that there is about you. Everything that's, you know, every, every job that, that you apply for, they're going to say, Mm, not you but i'm overqualified for that job what do you mean mm, no not you maybe come back in 6 months and we'll have something for you maybe i need to try a different city <laughs> maybe i need to be more flexible with what I can give. You know, I, it's, it's okay if I, if I travel 70% of the time. It, you know, that's I, I'm, I'm young. It, it, it's, I can work that out. You know, it's flexible. I'm just getting started. You've got to make these sacrifices when you're young so that you can have something to build on when you're... When you're he's trying to shape you. He's trying to shake you. He's trying to shake you. You know, I remember when I was coming out of school... And I was being challenged in terms of where I would live and what I would do, who I would serve. And it was so easy because I was doing some things that were manual. I was doing some things that were menial. And it was it was so easy to say, well, this is just where I'm going to be at. And I, I'll just make myself a free agent. And maybe I won't even stay with the thing that I studied. But then, you know, God sends his workers. There was this this, this person that came up to me and they said, well you know what? If all that you want to do is you want a job in engineering in Austin, you need to only apply for jobs for engineering in Austin. And then you will only get a job for engineering in Austin. I was like, are you serious? Because I was flying out to West Virginia. I was in South Carolina. I was going all over. the I was like, well, you know, hey, if you'll fly me out there, I'll interview and say, you know what? If you, if, if you truly believe that God has a work for you in this city, then apply for jobs in this city. Saying, hey, that's so easy. That's so easy. That's so easy. If God has a work for you in this ministry, guess what? Work in this ministry... You know what? Don't be deceived into thinking that you need to prove yourself to some corporate structure by going all over the world and doing what they want you to do. Don't be deceived into thinking that you need to prove yourself to some man by working these crazy hours that disrupt your mind and upset your worship because I need to put my time in. You know what? You'll never put your time in. As soon as you think you're there, they're going to move. The goalpost. As soon as you think that you've made it, they're gonna they're gonna shift it on you. You know why? Because you are an expendable resource to this world. They have no care for you. When I studied for my masters in business, we learned that capitalism does not care if you live or die. And the enemy is seeking to sift you like the wheat. He's trying to break you up into your component parts. He's active. He's not passive. If only a saved man meets the criteria for you, stop dating those thug heathens. Stop going out. Letting them buy you dinner because it's free and you're hungry. No, 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 no. If you want a woman of God, stop chasing those girls with the short skirts. You find you someone that's clothed in modesty. That's demonstrated how to how to cleave to her parents. And she's not all up in your face. She's coming over like, well, you know, she's just cooking me dinner a couple of nights. Send her home. Cook home for your parents. I know how to fix my own food. I'm looking for a different kind of woman. If you only want these things in your life, don't apply for the rest. Don't apply for the rest. The devil, the enemy, he is active and he is not passive. But guess what? God is active also. God is active and his people are active. The answer to your trials is standing, it's endurance, and it is patience. You know, I'm talking about the armor of God. You know, I may not have said the words that you guys are expecting me to say, but I'm talking about the armor of God. This is what you need to stand. The enemy tries to create chaos in your life. To get you off focus. To keep you off balance. Chasing after the things of this world. You need to set a standard in your heart. You need to set a standard that this is what I will pursue after. That God, I'm going to submit and I'm going to obey you. And I don't care about the results. The results are on you, God. If I starve in Austin because I won't move out of this city, then God, I'm a star for you. If I'm single until I'm 40, because I'm not going to chase after everything that's around me, then I'll be single serving you. You're going to have to establish a standard in your life. The answer to your trials is Standing. It's endurance and it's patience. Go to 2 Timothy. I said I wasn't going to yell. Couldn't keep it to myself. Couldn't keep it to myself. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The answer to your trial is a standing. It's endurance and it's patience. Starting at verse ten, it says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine. <laughs> you know my standard, my manner of life. My purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience. And what did all that get me? Verse 11. Persecutions. Afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I adored. But out of them all, out of them all, the Lord delivered me. I did what I needed to do. And God delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus Shall. Count on it. Bank on it. Anticipate it. Forewarned means to be forearmed. If you know it's coming, you ought to be ready for it. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Talking about the armor of God. Let's just read it. I want to make sure I at least read it before we leave tonight. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Another passage that should be underlined and bolded and starred in your Bibles. Verse 14. It says, Stand therefore and watching too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know what I love about this armor? Those last three words, for all saints. The armor is for you. It's working. It's the Holy Spirit working inside of you. To cause you to stand. To cause you to endure. But the benefit, the benefit is for all saints. It's for all the saints. It's not just for you and yours. It's for all of the saints. That we can be one. So we're talking about truth. Righteousness. The gospel of peace. Faith. Salvation of the mind. The sword of the Spirit. And prayer. And prayer. You know, I love that. So we, we have prayer. Just if I could just make a, a, a small add. Prayer with watching. Prayer with watching. Watchful prayer. Praying as, as one that is set above the city. Walking on the wall. Inquiring of the Lord. Where are the threats coming from within and without? How can your people be guarded over? How can they be protected? The armor has to do with our character in trials as it relates to God's Word. We have to hold on to and depend on the Word of God as Satan springs his schemes... His tricks in our lives. The first part of the armor, it says to stand. And there in that is, we find that the purpose for the Spirit of God in our lives, the armor is there so that we can stand. It, it doesn't say that the armor is there for us to strive. It doesn't say that the armor is there for us to argue and to contend. It's for us to stand. You know, the victory is already won. We've said this before. The victory is already won in Christ Jesus. All that we need to do is to stand and see his salvation. Our task is to stand. We're not going out trying to defeat the evil one. We're standing in the truth of God's word. So it says standing, that's that's maintaining our ground. Not yielding, and not fleeing. That's our aim as a Christian soldier. It's what you've called me to do. This patch of earth that you've called me to defend. The city that you've called me to be a blessing in. The ministry where you've called me to stand. This is where I'll serve. This is where I'll stay. I'm not going to be pushed away. I'm not going to be chased off. I'm not going to be ashamed to show my face. But I'm going to stand. I'm going to maintain my ground. We talk about having your loins girt about with truth. Truth. It's not just having the, the details and the facts about the gospel. You know, if facts were all that we needed, everybody would be slim and rich. Right? If facts were all that we needed, all of us would be well within our prescribed weight range. And we'd all be rich. Because we all know how to lose weight. How you do it? Eat right, exercise. We all know the way. We all know the way to abundance. How you do that? You spend less than you make. So if it was just about the facts, we'd all be slim and rich. But having your learns good about with truth, that's having the truth of God inside of you. Inside of you. When I, when I, when I want to go a different way, what is it that constrains me? What is it that refrains me? You know, when we talk about your loins, your loins are, you know, I always talk to, uh, to, to my family or whatever when we're doing stuff, so use your, use your big muscles. Use your big muscles. Don't, don't, don't try and lift everything with your, with your arms. Use your core. And your, your, your loins are, are the source of your strength. And the scripture is using this figuratively because we know that we're, we're to gird up the loins of our mind. But your strength has to be your attachment to the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit strengthens the believer that has attached themselves to the truth. To gird your loins is to prepare yourself for action. It's to gather and to muster up your resources. And so, just real quickly, I wanted to talk about what it means to, to gird. You know, I, I like that the scripture talks about, you know, girding in terms of it being a, a leather belt that's worn across the waist and a sword can hang from it. That's fine. I mean, I understand that. I mean, yeah. 100% agree you know when I think about gird I think about growing up with, three, with, with two sisters and a, and a mother and, and those girdles I think about those girdles and those things were tight fitting they were meant to constrain they were meant to gather in to help you to keep it together. You know, a a girdle that constrains is okay, but one that stops you from moving, that's not the right one. If you can't move... So, to gird, it, it means to direct and to focus, but it is not meant to restrict and to stop. No, no. The truth, it directs your energy. It focuses your effort. But it does not cause you to be complacent. It does not cause you to stop. That's the difference between what we, talk, what we say conviction and condemnation. Condemnation seeks to stop you in your tracks. It seeks to prevent you from moving forward. That's what is meant by, by you applying discipline to your life versus you imposing your discipline on other people's lives. When you apply discipline to your life, you focus your efforts. You direct your attentions. But when you impose your discipline on other people's lives, you seek to stop them. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you do what I want you to do. No. So gird, gird your loins with truth. That means prepare yourself for action. Gather yourself. Muster yourself. You know, the... The, the, the girdle is worn underneath the clothes it's not something that that, that you're even supposed to see in fact you ain't supposed to know about it I don't know nothing about it you ain't supposed to know about it it does its work without anybody on the outside paying too much attention to it when it does when it's when it's acting right nobody on the outside should know anything else about it all they should know is that your walk is different, that your movements are different, that they're not the way that they used to be. I don't want to lead the brothers out, so when we're talking about this, this, this girding your loins, you know, when back in the day, you know, Brother Mark would take me to this weight room. I indulged him. Uh, <laughs> Some of the people there would have on these belts, these big leather belts. And there were were usually a couple couple classes of people. Some of the people there would have these belts and they would use them when they were going to do what we call a squat. And a squat is where you put a lot of weight on your shoulders, you lift it off of the support, you bring it down, and you stand back up. And so... For those people, that weight belt, it's, 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 it's really only used when someone is doing a big squat. Not just to practice warm-ups, but something that's, that's about 80% or more of what they know is their maximum. When they're putting forth their maximum effort, and it helps to support the spine. there are a bunch of other people that, that would be there and they'd just be wearing weight belts on the treadmill. They were, not, they were not using that weight belt. They were just wearing it because they could wear it, just to, just to have the, the, the look, I guess. That, that's, that's, that's what it is when we try to take the truth of God and beat people upside the head with it. You know, it's supposed to support you as you expend the maximum effort. It's supposed to help you with your, with your posture. To give... The other thing is that, you know, those, those belts, they don't make you stronger. They don't. The belt does not make you stronger. It helps to direct and focus the strength that you already have. We're talking about girding up the loins of your mind. Truth that you have not embraced is is of no benefit to you. Truth truth that you are not holding on to is of no benefit to you. So these these belts, they, they help you to direct and to focus what you've already put inside of you. When we're talking about truth, there's no deception in truth. It's basic. It's fundamental. It can't be divided against itself. It can't be broken into pieces. It has to be accepted completely. And we said before that that truth, even though it's not revealed completely at once, that it is revealed progressively. And that as as it's revealed progressively, it doesn't contradict itself. Let's go to this last scripture. John chapter 17. We're talking about the armor of the Lord. John 17 and 17. Really, really short scripture. It says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is is truth. The strength of the believer is found in the truth of God's Word. It's the truth that you have received and put into action. And then we're talking about the armor of God. That's just a small, a small component of it. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do inside of you. It's trying to build on what's already there. It's trying to build on what you've already placed inside of you. Because there's more that you're able to do than what you even think you can do. You can you can lift. You haven't even you haven't even you haven't even tried yet. Gird up your loins. Get ready. Get ready for action. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet.